What is faithfulness? How would you define it? What is faithfulness? Faithfulness. Well, we read in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, uh, the latter part of the verse says, The just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. Everybody say it with me. The just shall live by his faith. Now, this scripture is foundational in the New Testament. It is very, very, very important to us. And it's found throughout Scripture. The bottom line is this. We are saved by grace through faith, right? We receive everything that God provided for us in Christ through faith, okay? So faith is very, very important. Now, that word faith in the Scripture we looked at comes from the Hebrew word umana. If you want to write that down, it's E-M-U-N. N-A-H, umana. And what, this is what umana means, okay? So I want you to think about this when it comes to faith and faithfulness. It means firmness, stability, faithfulness, loyalty, steadiness, certainty, that which is permanent, enduring, steadfast. Are you getting a picture here? It sounds like it's not movable, all right? It's unchangeable, right? It's fixed. It's certain. Well, that's exactly what that word means. So when the scripture says the just shall live by his faith, what it literally is saying, the just shall live by his umana. And again, what are we saying? His firmness, steadfastness, his solid belief, okay? Concrete, in other words. It's not moving. It's not changing. And so the Bible also tells us that we are the just the Scripture is referring to. In other words, you have been made righteous in Christ. You have been justified in Christ, right? And so that means you and I, everyone here, who here is born again that knows Jesus? I'm looking around. Now listen, the fact is we are the just, okay? The ones made just or justified by Christ. And so Uh, It is of absolute importance that we understand we are to live by faith. We are to live by faith. And we understand what is faith. Faith is something that's concrete. It's something that's steady. It's something that's permanent. It's fixed. Okay, I want you to have that in mind. So that word umana that we talked about, we are to live by umana, is also translated faithfulness or truth faithfulness or truth okay so what is truth well truth is something that is certain that's fixed that's stable that's unchangeable right how many degree two plus two is four now aren't there some people out there that would lead you to believe two plus two is anything you want it to be right Because you can't tell me what to believe. Well, just because someone decides to believe a certain way, does that make it right? Right? If someone says 2 plus 2 is is 5 now, that's what I choose to believe. That's my belief. Does that make their belief right? No. Why? Because truth (laughs) is based on something that is certain. It's unchangeable. Everybody follow me on this so far. So what is faith? Faith is something that's certain, it's immovable, it's unchangeable, it's fixed, okay? And for us to walk in faith, 
then there must be something for us to believe in. That leads us to the truth, okay, that has to be faithful, right? It has to be fixed. It has to be certain. It has to be steady. All right, everybody with me so far? Now, you and I as believers are expected to live by faith. Then we must have something in our life that is fixed, certain, and unchangeable to believe in. How am I going to live by faith if I have nothing that's fixed? And in this crazy world we live in now, there are people just believing whatever they want to believe any way they want. Just because you say something or believe a certain way, well, I believe, and and they'll give their description of heaven. Well, what is it based on? (laughs) For us to live by faith, we must have be cemented in something. There must be something so solid that it cannot change, right? All right, everybody with me so far? So let's look at that. Hebrews 13, 8. You, most of you know this off the top of your head. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What is that scripture saying? That Jesus Christ does not change, right? Who is Jesus Christ? He's God. Does God change? No, 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 no. Okay? He does not change. He is fixed. He's permanent. He is something I absolutely can count on. He is truth. In fact, in John 17, 17, if you want to write that down, Jesus said God's word is truth. Now, what did we say truth was? Truth had to be something what? Certain, fixed, immovable, unchangeable. I want you to get this picture when we talk about faithful, faithfulness, faith, truth. Are they all connected? Are you seeing this? Okay, they're all connected. So what we have here is Jesus, who is the living word, never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we can trust God's word. Why? Because it's the truth. We have something now to believe in. How do we walk by faith? We walk by his word. We walk by his word. That's how I know it's certain. It's fixed. It's stable. It's not going to move on me. It's the truth. And so no matter what else goes on, if I stay with the word, I'll be okay. I'm on solid ground. You want to be kept from being one of those weirdos, you know, the fruits, flakes, and nuts of the Christian realm. I mean, no one here is saying, I want to be one of those. But you know where they come from? They come from people who decide just to believe what they want to believe even though the Word says this. For example, they had a dream, and in this dream, an angel came and talked to them and told them certain things about their life and and what God wants for them. And some of it is a little bit squirrely when it comes to the Word of God. Well, guess what? What's the dream? What am I going to do with it if it doesn't line up with the Word of God? That's as far as it's going with me, right? But there are some who take that as gospel. And they'll say, I don't care what the Word of God says. God spoke to me. Well, guess what? God and His Word are inseparable. You cannot separate God from His Word. That, that's the truth that we can ground our life in. And if you stick with the truth of God's Word, you'll be okay for the rest of your life. When everybody else goes another way, you stick with the Word, you'll still be trucking. You'll still be moving. I can say that in my own life but because, man, I had a lot of friends, a lot of people who wanted to do things for God and did things, but they got beyond the Word or they got beyond the Spirit of God and they started doing things that 
didn't line up with the word and I just kind of went along still going with the word and I was okay made it through everything all those storms all those challenges and came out the better for the other side but they had literal their lives destroyed literally families ripped apart finances torn apart all these things happened why because they got outside the word stick with the word and you'll be okay don't come to church expecting boy out the spirit of god moves and we see some wild and crazy spiritual stuff you know what you gotta do is come to the word and say i can't wait to hear the word be like mary remember martha and mary they remember they were putting on a little dinner party for jesus welcome they were good friends with him and, and, and the Bible says Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, who's Jesus? The living word. And she knows I only got so much time with him, and he's important. And I am, I, I, this is all good, but I want to hear what he has to say. You get it? And see, Martha, she's busy doing this and doing that, trying to impress, trying to make sure everything goes. And she goes to Jesus, Jesus, tell Mary to help me. Boy, it just sounds like two sisters, doesn't it? Like family. And she's like, come on, help, tell Mary to help me. I'm doing all this. And then and Jesus looks right at her. Martha, Martha, you're worried about so many things. Come sit at the feet like your sister. Listen to the word. What's the most important thing you can do? Hear the word. Make the word of God number one, absolute above everything. And if you'll do that, I promise you, other things in your life, they'll just they'll connect. Why? Because you built your life on the truth. You built your life on the word of God. Amen? All right, so let's look, at, let's look at what we talked about. Well, what is faithfulness? Well, God's faithful. He's faithful to his word, right? That's who he is. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He can't deny himself. You know what that scripture is saying? Even if you aren't right, even if you just do whatever you do, God can't help himself. He's faithful. That's just who he is. Everybody say it with me. God is faithful. Amen. God is faithful. God is faithful. Now, 1 Corinthians 1.9 tells us too, God is faithful. <laughs> That's pretty clear, isn't it? God is faithful. By whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Are we called to be faithful? Aren't we called to imitate our Heavenly Father? Right? We're called to be like him. Remember, we want to become more and more into the image of who? Jesus Christ, the faithful one. He is faithful. Amen. No one's more faithful. Aren't you glad that the fixing of the human race in this world was in Jesus' hands and not yours? <laughs> I mean, all of us would have bowed out long before the cross. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and he went all the way through. Why? He's faithful. Amen. He's faithful. Praise God. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 and 23. I really like this scripture. It says, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Why do I have hope? Through the Lord's mercies we're not consumed, because his compassions fail not. Aren't you grateful for the Lord's mercy in your life? Amen. And this scripture is saying, they don't fail. Amen. Praise God for that. Why? They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Isn't his faithfulness great? God is known for his faithfulness. Think about this for a moment. Who here would serve God if he wasn't faithful? That's the whole reason you serve him. That's the whole reason you honor him, right? Because you want to build your life on the truth, right? How many want to go through life and find out, man, I went decade after decade after decade missing the truth, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm presented with it and realize, what have I been doing all this time? I don't know about you, but I want to find the truth as fast as possible. 
Amen? That means I'm not wasting my life. And there are a lot of Christians that are wasting their life because they're not building it on the Word of God. They're not building it on the truth. They're not building it by faith. And so we want to do it by faith. Amen? That's what we're commanded to. So we see here God is faithful. He is firm, steadfast, permanent, enduring. He does not change. The world may change. We see that happening all the time, right? Some of you are old enough, you've seen countries change. You've seen the world change. And, and, and culture, oh dear Lord, culture changes routinely. This style, that style, what's hip, what's new, is always changing. Plus, we live in an age where we have incredible amounts of technology available. And we're seeing the world change really fast right before our eyes. Some of you can remember back the old, remember the black and whites that you were hitting trying to, to line in just to get one channel? The rabbit ears and all that kind of stuff that you were just, come on, come on, because it was always blip, 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 and you're, you're, you're trying to adjust it. And think about it. Now you can watch TV on your phone. You can connect. I mean, there's more power than this than we went to the moon with, guys. In fact, the moon was just a giant calculator. I, I can communicate with anybody on the earth with this thing at any time, at any point, any moment. We live in a glorious time. Sometimes we think, all oh, that technology, all oh, that's evil, all that stuff. It's all getting ready for the Antichrist. It's going to take over. Well, how about we just not worry about that and just be about our Father's business and reaching the world right there, right there. You say, well, I don't have any capability. Sure you do. A lot of you got Facebook. Why don't you start talking about Jesus than the last vacation you took? All right, I'll go on. <laughs> and there's nothing, guys, wrong with talking about a vacation. But somewhere in there, slipping you know, a little bit about praise God for Jesus in your life. Amen. Amen. You know, glorify God some. Glorify God that you took the vacation because he blessed you. And he kept you the whole time. The plane stayed in the air where it was supposed to. And then it came down where it was supposed to. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> All right. What does being faithful look like? How can we define what it would look like? Well, the first thing I would do is consider God. He's faithful no matter what. He keeps his word. Everybody say he keeps his word. In other words, he does exactly what he's committed to. In other words, he gave us promises in his word, and he keeps every one of them. So when we look at what is being faithful look like, well, to me, I can see here that God is committed to keeping his word. So in other words, he's faithful. Commitment goes right along with being faithful, and you can't separate the two. It's not possible. In fact, he told us, how are we to handle our words? Well, if you want to reference this in Psalm 15, 4, he told us that we should keep our word even to our own hurt. That means if I gave my word and I realized, ouch, I shouldn't have done that. I got something else going on, or I have this or that, or maybe I, I, I committed to pledge money, and then I realized, man, that's way beyond what I could do, or it'll stretch me some. What am I to do? Am I just to go ahead and not do it? I'm to keep my word. You know, that, that scripture has cost me many a dollars in my life. It's cost me time, but I always kept my word. If I gave my word, my word is me. See, how would you know I'm faithful? How do you know I'm faithful? The only way you know is you see me give my word 
and you see me fulfill it. That's the only way you know I'm faithful. Well, if someone is not faithful to their word, if they give a commitment but they don't follow through, then they're not any better than their word. Remember, we used to, you know, back in the day when you could do a contract by just shaking hands back in those days, boy, that was a long time ago. I mean, if you've recently purchased anything and it had credit or maybe buying a house or something involved, man, it was page after page after page after page after page. Why? Because no one trusts nobody. And they're trying to cover every loophole imaginable. How many of you, when you're going to download new software, actually read all those things? I agree. And I mean, there's 15 pages of things warning you about what they're going to do with it. And you know, no one pays any attention to it other than maybe another lawyer (laughs) who reads it. Oh, no, I'm not getting trapped in that. But most of it, I agree. I agree. We don't even read anything. And all of a sudden, we don't realize what commitment we might have put ourselves in. And then we get mad later. Well, do you keep your word to your own hurt? And, you know, there's a lot of people I know of that just say, well, you know, I can't, so I won't, so whatever. And, boy, I tell you, my word's more important to me than that. Now, let me give you a hint, okay? Think about what you say before you say it. Some people just just shoot it out there, and sometimes I do. And I'm like, oh, but I can't pull it back. I can't pull a, Lord, I need a rewind, Okay, <laughs> he, the one thing we can see about God is he'll go into the future and show us some things, but he never goes into the past. Never, never have you seen that. And so we need to realize what's done is done. And so you have to decide what kind of Christian am I? Am I a Christian? Am I a disciple of Jesus? Do I keep my word? And so sometimes that means what? It might hurt a little bit, but praise God. I tell you what, God will honor you if you honor your word. And I've seen it time and time in my life where, man, it was hard, but I had to keep my word. And so I would keep my word, and then God would bless me somehow helping me with that. So I wasn't on my own, but he would obviously caution me, son, don't speak so fast next time. Stop and think about, can I do this? Am I able to? Amen? But we should keep our word. In other words, our commitment to something is faithfulness in action. Ask yourself this, how can you know, everybody pay attention to me right now, how can you know if someone is faithful in your life unless you see them keep their commitments? There's no other way to measure it, is there? How do you do it with children? Well, you give them a couple of responsibilities, right? And then you expect them to follow through. When they don't follow through, what did they tell you? That commitment doesn't mean a whole lot. Everybody say commitment. Some places, that's a bad word. There's a lot, a lot of young guys don't like the, you know, 19, 20, 20, maybe 25, 30, 35, 40, 45. Don't like that word commitment. But God enjoys that word. God likes commitment. Commitment is a good godly quality. Amen? Everybody say commitment. All right, so God, I, what I want to say this is, if you're writing anything down, write this down. Faithfulness is the acting out of our commitments faithfulness is the acting out of our commitments and i want to point out to you that god measures our faithfulness through our commitments he actually looks at them engages them isn't that exactly how you do things if you're an employer what are you doing you're not going to say um you know this guy maybe is a stock worker i'm going to make a manager overnight 
well, if he didn't do very good at being a stock boy, then why would you make a manager? That would be a dumb move, wouldn't it? I mean, there are people that would give responsibility to someone that hasn't proven they can handle responsibility. I know of someone who's trying to get a business going off from the ground, and everyone he hired ripped him off because he had no sense at all, and he, he finally had to beg and plead someone, find him somebody that was faithful to come in and fix the mess, and they did. It was my wife. I mean, that my wife was the epitome of faithfulness when it came to her old boss a long time ago. And so when someone else was looking for something, he said, call her. She'll help you fix that. And you can trust her. And she got in there and immediately started fixing things and making things right. And this guy's like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because every single person he brought in just ripped him off royal style. It was refreshing for him to have someone come in that didn't, that treated him right, that was honest and straightforward and could be trusted. My point is this. Would people say that about you? Remember, God measures our faithfulness through our commitments. Uh, in 1 Timothy 1.12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. This is Paul talking. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. See, you don't put yourself into the ministry. You don't just decide one day, well, the Lord called me and, uh, you know, I got a thing for that. I, I remember when I went to Bible school, there would be people like, there'd be questions to be asked that what you think your call might be, a pastor, an evangelist, this, that. It's not like you're going to college to go ahead and pick what you're going to do with the rest of your life. This is either God put it in your heart and called you to do something or he didn't, okay? Remember, what did Paul say? God put him in the ministry, didn't he? He didn't say, I did. He said, God did. But notice that what does it say here? He said right here, because he counted me faithful. He counted, who counted him faithful? Jesus counted him faithful. How did he know that? How did he know Paul was faithful? He looked at Paul's commitments. And he noticed that Paul always kept his word. He always followed through what he said he would do. That if he said he'd be there at this time, he'd do it. If he said he loved the Lord God and he, he honored God and God wanted the tithe, he tithed. You know what I'm saying? He did what God called him to do. He was faithful. Everybody say faithful. Listen to me carefully. Faithfulness is vastly important to the Lord, and it should be important to us. Isn't that what you look for in a friend? Anybody here want an unfaithful friend? Would you put an advertisement out looking for loser? I'm looking for someone that never keeps their word. No! Well, you're always looking for what? The faithful person. The one that says, when you say, can you keep a secret? Their mouth is locked tight. You get it? Locked tight. If someone asks me to keep a secret, unless it's against the law, okay? But if they ask me, Pastor, can you keep this between us? It's locked. No one's going to get it out of me. Why? Because I want to be found faithful. See, I don't, you know that you reap what you sow. So if you're out every time somebody tells you something, oh, sure, I can keep a secret. Sure, you can tell me. And you're out telling, guess what? You reap what you sow, and there's a lot of people that know a lot of things about you. Amen? So uh, how about be a good secret keeper when you need to be? Amen? So listen carefully. The fact is, faithfulness can be counted. It can be measured. That's how we look at other people. I, I want to make a, a statement. I really want you to, to get a hold of this. Christian men and women should be the most committed and faithful people on the earth. Above all, Christian men and women should be the most committed and faithful people on the earth, on the planet. Yet, 
it's sad to say that's not the case. That is not the case. You know, being in the ministry a long time, I mean, long before I came around here, a long time I've been in the ministry, I've virtually seen it all. I'd like to say I've seen it all. There's a few stories I've heard that, no, I didn't see, thank God. But I've heard and seen a number of things. And the fact is this, that I, I, I've realized how lack faithfulness is in the body of Christ. When someone says they'll do something, and then they just they kind of look at it as like it's optional every other time. Now, there's something to be said for if you have to work and you have no choice, well, then, you know, that's one of those things. But you do the right thing. You inform in advance, right? You know, just don't cop out. When someone offers to do something in the church, for example, do you think Jesus takes that seriously? Who's the head of the church? I'm not. If you're looking at me, I'm not, and I will not take that, okay? I am not the head of the church, okay? I am the local supervisor (laughs) to this church, okay? the local manager of this church, but I'm not the head of the church. When you make a commitment and say, Pastor, I'm going to do thus and so, and you say, well, I didn't talk to you, Pastor. No, but you talked to someone that I appointed. You communicated to someone I appointed. There's no difference there. And if you talk to them and you said it to me, you said it to the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and he takes that very seriously. And there are so many that would just kind of dismiss or not think of it as very serious well no wonder the lord is entrusting you with more than you have he could do so much more if we would just show him that we are trustworthy amen now a lot of times people don't know this because they haven't been taught that it's that serious and then there's a lot of them at that point and say well if it's that serious maybe the best thing i could do is not commit boy that now what does that say i mean think about a young man who wants to to play with all the toys, but doesn't want to commit. Everybody know what I'm talking about. What do we think about that young man? He's not worthy. He's not, he's, it's wrong. He's just, get out. We don't need you. I don't want you around my daughter. I don't want you around that person. Why? Because you're not worth it if you don't see the value in committing to that person. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That's important. It's important. Well, the fact is, how does God look at us when we say, well, I just won't commit? <laughs> oh, I love the Lord. I'll give him everything. I'll do whatever he wants, but then we won't commit. And if we do commit, we don't keep it. And so I just want to get in you. This is not to condemn anybody. It is to say from this point forward, listen to me. The past is the past. Say it with me. The past is the past. Let it go. God doesn't go back in the past. He doesn't go fishing in the past. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Never happened, right? Praise God for his mercies. Amen? They're new every morning. Amen? Great is his faithfulness. But the fact is this, is that from this point on, from this point on, be a man or woman of faithfulness, of character, of commitment. And that you do it, I mean, you do it no matter what. I mean, you keep your word. You're like God. Isn't that who we're supposed to be like? Does he always keep his word? Every time? All the time? Without exception? Absolutely. We should be just like him. Amen? So let's look at, is faithfulness important? I believe it's an absolute priority. You might remember the story of the parable of the talents. Basically, what what happened in this story is we have a lesson on stewardship, faithfulness, okay? And three men were involved. One guy went ahead and gave some things to three men. And basically, 
uh, he was going to take off and travel for a while and lead these guys with some responsibilities, okay? They were his stuff. It wasn't their stuff. He was giving them his stuff. Now, when Jesus told this parable, he was about to go to the cross. It was one of the last messages that the Lord Jesus was going to share with his disciples. I want everybody listening closely. One of the last messages. How many would agree that the last thing that you might say before you leave on this earth is going to be important? That if you knew you were leaving and you only had a couple of days, what would you be doing? I wouldn't waste a time on anything. The last thing. I know I'm going to leave in about a half an hour. So how's the game going? What's the score? That is not going to be important to you. Well, Jesus knows it's up. He knows he's leaving. So he is going to give his disciples the last big stuff they need. And what he did was he sandwiched this parable between the last days and his return in judgment. So I want you to get this. He's he's sharing the very last things before he's leaving the earth. And he talks about the last days, which, by the way, we're in. And he talks about faithfulness. And then he talks about his return in judgment. I want you to see this. These are the things he talked about right before he went to the cross with his disciples. That's important. We need to be taking that in saying, if, if anything Jesus talked about, this is a big deal. So we're in the last days, and he mixed faithfulness. Listen carefully. Faithfulness with the last days and his return and judgment. Is faithfulness important? Why would you sandwich that in there if it wasn't important? How many would agree that a sandwich, okay, what's inside between the two pieces of bread is important? How many would agree that makes the sandwich? Now, don't get me wrong. Good bread is good. But what's in between that is really important, right? And he sandwiched this the last days in his return and judgment. And faithfulness is the meat, the heart of this thing. Okay, I want you to get this. Now, what he does is this man who is in charge of a lot of things, apparently, he calls three people before him and he gives one. I'm just going to give you, he gives one five bags of silver. Okay, he gives one two bags of silver. I am paraphrasing. Okay, and he gives one one. And the Bible says that he did it according to their ability. So he looked at each one of them. Remember, how do we know where someone's at? We watch them, right? We see if they keep their word. We see how faithful they are, right? So obviously the guy or the master already knew something about them because he gave it according to their ability. And then he left for a while and he expected something to be happening with this. He expected, you're stewarding my stuff, do something with it. He didn't tell him exactly what to do. He just said, do something with it. That was what was expected. So the, the gentleman leaves. While while he was gone, the guy with five and the guy with two doubled the money. They invested it and increased it, okay, and doubled it. But the one guy who only got one, he, he's like, I don't know, he's kind of shifty. And, he, you know, he's, he's, he, there's something about this guy. He says, I don't trust the whole thing. I, I, I'm just going to be safe, and I'm just going to dig a hole and stick mine in there. I'll give it to him when he comes back. And he knew what the guy was expecting, but he did it anyway. So the gentleman comes back. And he approaches them, and the five bags of silver, he got five more, and he's very impressed, and he says some good things. Remember, he says, well done, good and faithful servant, and so on. Then the guy with two doubled his money. He was impressed. These two were faithful. But then we have the unfaithful one. (laughs) 
he was not impressed, not happy at all. All right. In fact, he finally said, dear Lord, you could have at least put it in the bank and it would have got a little bit of interest on it. You could have done something with it. Now, what we want to do is look at this faithfulness versus unfaithfulness from God's point of view. And he defines it. And guess what? Can you be sort of faithful? I'm asking a genuine question. Can you be sort of faithful? How many would agree? It's all or nothing. Because if there's a little bit of unfaithfulness in the faithfulness, then you're not faithful. It's all or nothing. It's black and white. But see, we love as Christians sometimes to live in this gray area. Because the world does. But guess what? With God, things are a little bit more clearer. He knows your heart, your intent. He knows. You're not going to snow him. But again, when it comes to faithfulness, you're either all in or you're all out. You can't dabble a little bit in faithfulness and dabble a bit in unfaithfulness and be faithful. Because the fact that you're unfaithful disqualifies you in completely being faithful. Everybody with me? We need to see it from God's point of view. So this is where we're at, okay? Let's look at the where we're at in our own life now i want you to notice they were all given something according to their individual ability we all are different and we all have certain abilities we all have certain gifts we all have certain talents that are different from everyone else what i'm trying to say is never ever ever compare yourself to someone else the only thing you need to be comparing yourself against is the word of god you get me The Word of God, not someone else. Because if you compare yourself to someone else, it's skewed. Don't build your life on me. That's why I tell you, don't just believe me because I'm the preacher. Believe me because of the Word. You get me? Look in the Word and find out, was that preacher, is that what he said true? And if it's not, throw it away. Amen? Too many people just believe what they get in. Just open mouth. Take me. And they'll take in anything anybody says without thinking it. Don't build your life on me. Build it on the Word. That's why I'm telling you, be a doer of the Word. Get into it yourself. Study it yourself. We provide you the CDs free. We put messages on the web, which have been a little lax lately, I will admit. And that's because we're about to change things. But we at least give you the CDs for free. Get in there with the Word and look it up yourself. Don't just take my word for it. Don't bid your life on me. That's a bad mistake. It's like some people will get all excited about a certain preacher, a big name, and they'll buy all their books, and they'll build their life on what they said instead of the Word. And don't get me wrong, there's great stuff that you can pull from as long as it lines up with the Word. Amen? All right, so we all have different abilities, gifts, talents. What is required of us is different. What God expects from us in that stewardship and that faithfulness is different. Again, we don't compare ourselves. I want you to ask yourself, what has God called you to do? What has God called you to do? I'm not talking necessarily about the big call, okay? Well, God called me to be a missionary. No, I'm I'm talking about what has God called you to do in your daily life? What has God called you to do? To, To handle your money, your thoughts, your actions, um, your home, you know, your talent, your abilities. Everything that you have in your life is a gift. It's a gift from God. And you're here, how many know the earth belongs to Him? Right? So that means everything on the earth belongs to Him. Well, I'm a self-made man. With what? Everything came from the earth. 
And God made the earth, and it's his. <laughs> and so there is no self-made person. There isn't any of that kind of nonsense. The fact is we're stewards of what God has put in our hands. The question is, how faithful are we with it? How faithful are you here in church? I mean, some of you are, are, are faithful, but there's always another level that you can move. Don't ever just stay stagnant. Do something. Do something. Everybody say, do something. I mean, dear Lord, give God something to work with in your life so that he can add more to you. Take it another step. Amen? And there's so many things that could be done, not just even in a service. All right, let's look at the faithful first. The first two doubled the money that was given to them, and they were, the Lord spoke to them. And in Matthew 25, 21, you can see this on the screen, it says, His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. In other words, evidently, God likes it. He's impressed, right? And he's saying, You're, you're, you're going to be blessed. You're going to see good things. Why? Because you were faithful. Notice he said, Well done, good and faithful servant. What would he say to the unfaithful servant? He's not going to say, Well done, good and faithful servant so listen to me carefully god separates the faithful from the unfaithful he's aware of someone being faithful and someone being unfaithful all right their faithfulness to what was given to them was noticed and measured and acting faithfully to what was given them was called well done and good so what is unfaithfulness it certainly isn't well done and good is it God looks very unfavorably at unfaithfulness. He doesn't like it. Is it. Isn't it opposite his character? In fact, who is the epitome of unfaithfulness? Satan, right? That is the opposite of God on every level. He is completely unfaithful. A faithful servant is someone who takes what was given to them and makes use of it for their Lord and Master. In other words, causes increase for the Lord. Ask yourself in your own life, what am I doing with what God has given me for the Lord? And don't let guilt pile up. And I know it'll happen. Don't allow yourself to think, well, man, I've had so much time. You know how old I am? Start now. Start today. Amen? Everybody say today. Let's not worry about the past. It isn't helping anybody. Let's focus on today forward. Amen? forward praise god so we see this listen carefully you ought to write this down acting faithfully to what was given to them led to increase in promotion acting faithfully to what was given them led to increase in promotion many of you are looking for that increase in promotion but you're going about it the wrong way faithfulness leads to that faithfulness to what to where god placed you to what god placed you in that led to it. I know in my own life, I've been serving the Lord a long time. And trust me, I've had my ups and downs, my valleys, you know, my highs, the mountaintop. I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've, had, I've experienced all kinds of things over the years. And I mean, it's been a long time, been a long ride for me. And the reality is, I know this, that God is faithful to me in my life. And I've been faithful to him. Yeah, I've had my spills. Yeah, I've had my accidents. But I've, I, I've got up, I repented, and I kept on going. See, a lot of times when, we, when we're doing good and all of a sudden we trip up and we mess up, what do we do? We just kind of want to hide from it all because guilt and shame eats at us. 
And that's not helping anybody or anything. Listen, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That doesn't mean, so it's okay for me to sin, Pastor? Awesome. No, no. What it means is when you repent, repair, and move on. And don't allow guilt and condemnation to follow you. You get it? The devil brings it up. Well, you just did this yesterday. I don't know what you're talking about, devil. Because I repaired, repented, and adjusted, and God forgot that, and I don't work for you, (laughs) and you have nothing to do with me, so shut up. I'm not listening to that nonsense. There is therefore now no condemnation. Isn't that freeing? Isn't it good? But you've got to let go of yesterday, amen, and move forward. We saw the faithful. Let's look at the unfaithful, unfaithful one real quick. The person who was unfaithful with what was given him was lazy and did nothing but think of himself. Now think about this for a moment. Right now, what does an unfaithful person do? An unfaithful person always blames someone else. Think about that in your life. Or maybe areas that you were unfaithful at one time. You always blame. It was never you. And that's exactly what this guy did here. He blamed, remember, he blamed the master. He picked on him. And said, well, I knew you did this, and I knew you. What does that have to do with anything? The fact is, you be about what God's called you to be. You do the Word of God. Don't worry about what someone else does. I mean, I I remember one time, (laughs) I was trying to help in in, an area in the business I worked for, the very, very large one, and I went into an area, and I was trying in this area to get everybody to work as a team, okay? Adults. Everybody say adults bunch of babies they were all in there and yeah they're adults they got mustaches bellies you know 50 65 40 25 and they were all over the place and we're in there and i'm trying to get them to be unified to work as a team so we so number one i was trying to save jobs they just didn't know it see i knew that they were gonna knock down a bunch of things so i thought if i can get these guys to really wind it out and i can prove that every single one of them is needed we won't lose any of them but they have no idea of this, and I can't say anything. And so I am working my tail off trying to figure out ways. And so I started meeting with one of them at a time and started asking them about their aspirations and what they wanted. And, and then I would begin to encourage them about teamwork. And they're like, yeah, teamwork. Yeah, that's what we need in here. And they're all excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, so are you in? Oh, if, if he is. Every last one of them said the same thing. I mean, this 40-year-old pointed, well, if they'll do it, but if they're not doing it, I'm not doing it. I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm in kindergarten. Don't tell me adults are adults just because they're older. Oh my gosh, I've been way past that. I'm a pastor too. Age means nothing to me. Nothing to me. What means something to me is, is someone faithful or are they not? What means something to me is someone hungry for the word of God or are they not? Are they in love with Jesus or are they not? That's what means something to me, not age. It has nothing to do with it. But I'm telling you something that I couldn't believe in that situation. Everybody's pointing, well, if they'll do it, I'll do it. And sometimes we can even see that in church. Praise God, we're way above that, aren't we? We're not into that petty stuff. Amen? I've had, when I'll talk to other preachers you know, or somebody will ask me about things and they find out the size of the church and what we've done and what we're doing. And, you know, well, don't you have a problem with it? Not really. You have a problem? Not, not really, no. I mean, eh, you know, I've had a couple of issues here and there maybe a couple of years ago. And they're like, really? We, we walk in love. 
Amen? We put the Word of God first. Amen? That's a priority over our feelings. Praise God. Listen, this guy, the unfaithful one, was given the opportunity to be faithful and failed, right? Was he given the opportunity? In fact, that might have been a second chance. Remember the guy knew? Remember? He gave according to their ability. So maybe that guy was trying to help him out. Think about that for a minute. That could be you in your life right now. The Lord's trying to help you out. He's trying to get you to see the light and go the right direction. Amen? But again, he simply refused to be faithful. Everybody else was the problem, according to this man. He pointed the finger at the master and everything else. Well, the Lord said this about his unfaithfulness. Remember how we said the Lord had something to say about faithfulness? Remember, what did he call it? Everybody say, well done and good. Say it again, well done and good. How many know hearing those words from the Lord would be a good thing? All right? But what did he say about the unfaithful one? He said, you wicked and lazy servant. Does God have an opinion on faithfulness and unfaithfulness? You wicked and lazy servant. So God calls unfaithfulness wicked and lazy. Everybody say, that's not me. Amen. So listen to me carefully. The unfaithful person was not welcomed with well done and good. The person didn't enter the joy of the Lord. Rather, he was left out and remorseful for his lost opportunity. And I do believe, I believe the Lord was just revealing to us. I never thought about it before. Why, if, if the master knew that this guy was where he was at, was he just offering him an opportunity? <laughs> was he offering him an opportunity? He knew where he was at. And the guy was remorseful. He's, no matter what. How many of you know that people, that change is easier said than done? And his habit of life has always been that way. And so it would take some real work to turn that ship around, so to speak. Now listen, I want you to get this. The Lord kind of prompted me and made me bold this when I was writing it. Okay, there was one more thing about the story Jesus told about being faithful that I want you to see. Notice how God treated the unfaithful much differently than he treated the faithful. God specifically treated the unfaithful one way and the faithful another. There's a clear separation between them in the mind of God. And God was very clear about it. Well, there's, a, there's something that we need to keep in mind that in our own life. We only have one life to live. You're not going to get a second chance and a second chance and a second chance and a second chance. While you're in this flesh, in this flesh and blood body, you have an opportunity to be faithful with what God has put in your hands. Remember, we're stewards of God's stuff. Remember that. No matter where you at in life, it's God's stuff. Well, let me explain it this way. You leave, where does it stay? You can't pack it up and take it with you, can you? You came in the world with nothing, and how do you leave? With nothing. Why? It's God's stuff. And so be super responsible with God's stuff. Be faithful with what God put in your hand, the time you have. Everybody say time. Time. I think that's the most important thing we have. And we're all equal at it. Rich, poor, black, white, doesn't matter what we are. We all have the same amount of hours in a day, and the same amount of minutes in an hour, right? Same amount of time in a year. So time is our most valuable resource. Are you faithful with it? 
Are you faithful with it? You're the only one that can answer that. Are you faithful with it? Are you faithful with what God put around you, your friends, your family? Are you faithful on the job? Are you faithful with the talents and the abilities? Are you using them? Some of you have skills that, that I don't know about that are in this church that can make a difference, that can really make a difference. All you've got to do is say, Lord, use me. I know I can do this. How could I do this to bless the kingdom of God? How could I do this to make a difference? Everybody's got something. Everybody's got something. I want you, God didn't make mistakes. He didn't make failures. Some of that is just the ability and the different anointings to help. Sometimes it might not be, well, some people can work on cars and do a really good job or build homes and do a really good job. Others, it's an anointing just to be helpful. They're just excited to be helpful at any moment, anywhere, anyhow, any way. That is a good thing. Amen? But the fact is, are you being faithful? Listen carefully. There's a principle here that I want you to see that works in all of our lives. You ready? And it will benefit you wildly. Faithfulness always pays. Faithfulness always pays. Proverbs 28.20 A faithful man will abound with blessings. How many believe God's good to his word? So a faithful person will abound with blessings. How many like that? I like it a lot. How many like it a lot? I like it. What's the opposite of abounding with blessings? Severely lacking in blessings. Anybody want that? (laughs) I like abounding with blessings. And so, but how do we get that? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Amen. See, here's the deal. If God can see that he can trust you, you are faithful, then he's going to say, give more to them because they'll do more with it. But how many know if you give finances to an unfaithful man, what are they going to do with it? Stupid stuff. Everybody say stupid stuff. Let's just say it. They'll do dumb stuff. But if you give finances to a faithful man, what will they do? They'll do wise stuff with it, right? God is looking for people to use to, to do what needs to be done as we get closer and closer to Jesus coming back. So if you want to be one of them, be faithful. And I'm telling you, you are a marked person. If God starts seeing faithfulness in your life, he's, I guarantee I've seen it time and time again. I've seen it over and over in my life. All of a sudden, you see their life beginning to increase over time. It just keeps on increasing. Why? Because God can trust them. Listen to me carefully. How do I express my faithfulness to God? Okay, how do I do do it? Well, think of normal wedding vows, okay? They're exchanged, right? Listen to me. What is said will only be as good as what is done. Everybody get that? They get up and what are they supposed to be doing? Committing their lives to one another, right? 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 Richer or poorer, remember that? No matter what happens, no matter what we go through, we are committed, we are one. I will never quit you and you will never quit me, right? That's the way it's supposed to be. Everybody say amen. Amen. Isn't that good? Right? Now listen to me carefully though. What is said will only be good as what is done. There's a lot of believers say, oh Lord, I love you so much. I love you so much and and I desire to be faithful And they say all these different things, but those are just words. What's done behind those words is what matters. 
And there's a lot of people that are giving a lot. They're blowing a lot of hot air at the Lord. A hot air at each other. I mean, when someone comes in relatively new, every once in a while, okay, maybe I'm preaching a good message, which I believe all the time. That's my confession anyway. And they come in and they'll see me. Pastor, this is the place for me. Anywhere you want to put me. I never met them in my life now. And pastor, this is the place for me. Man, that hit me. Praise God. I'm here for you. And and I heard you're having a work day next Saturday. I'm going to be there early. Never see him again. What'd they do? Blew a lot of hot air in my face. Now, what, what, what do you think I'm thinking the whole time? I'm not knocking them. I'm not picking on them. All, all I'm thinking in my heart is, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Why? It's not your words I want to hear. I want to see your actions. That's the same thing with the Lord. It's not his words. Your words are wonderful, but are your actions backing up your words? Amen. That's good preaching, guys. Listen carefully. Uh, this is something to write down. The very nature of faithfulness comes from a commitment. The very nature of faithfulness comes from a commitment. Without commitment, there's nothing to be faithful to. They must be together. And so what I'm trying to say is, it is such an important subject. And the Lord, I don't know that I could stress it enough. I'm encouraging you. Faithfulness is so important to God. Because why? He is faithful. And we're to be faithful. We're made in His image. We're like Him. We're His sons and daughters. Amen? So I want to encourage you. Act in faithfulness. Step out on your own. I don't have to have... You know, this kind of message, typically, I could have a sign-up list, and usually this kind of message would kind of stir people up, and they'll go out and sign up. I'm encouraging you, do it on your own. Just stop and think, you know, maybe I could do more. Maybe I'm faithful to Sunday mornings, but maybe I could be faithful to Wednesday night. That's another step of faithfulness. Maybe it's, it's getting involved. Maybe it's going beyond saying, well, I'm already involved. Maybe I have some time on Friday afternoons, and so maybe I could offer to do something. I'm just speaking out. I'm not saying that's the case. What I'm saying is look for opportunities. Look for opportunities in your family. Make sure that you're careful about the words, some of you, that either give to your children or grandchildren. Pay attention because you always want to keep your word. Don't just say something, not think through, saying, can I keep this commitment?